My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. Hello, my name is Dean. I live in Burlington, Ontario, and I love hockey. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spirit change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. They are right on the Bruins. Can't get the attack going. And Newfell, a heavy hit on Milbury. And he is pounded down by Newfell in addition. Ray Newfeld was born in Winkler, Manitoba in 1959. He played 11 seasons in the NHL in Canada and the United States. He played for the Hartford Whalers, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Boston Bruins between 1979 and 1990. I don't know what would come to mind. I mean, I guess that I made uh, achieved my dream to play in the National Hockey League and get your get your picture on a hockey card. That's a pretty special moment for any any player, any Canadian kid. His rookie card shows Ray in the green and white of the Whalers. He's snapped mid-game, eyes full of concentration, with a full crowd behind him. Let's meet the man from the card. You know, it was a thrill. I don't know if it was the best best picture of me, but uh, <laughs> I, got, I don't have much choice in that. But certainly, uh, you know, good memory, and, and thankfully I was able to be a part of it. As a kid, Ray first fell in love with the game through TV and radio. I was a big fan, of course, every kid in Canada is, Hockey Night in Canada. So uh, so that that's really was my connection to hockey. Listening to hockey on the radio or or watching Hockey Night in Canada. I, I you know, every Wednesday night, I used to go to a, a church gr- a group on Wednesday night. My parents would send me to that. And and uh, I know as soon as that that uh, that group ended, usually around eight fifteen, I would run home and catch the third period of the Leafs game on on the you know Wednesday night hockey, and of course uh, hockey night in Canada, Montreal and the Toronto always played Saturday night. So so that's that's where I got my connection to hockey as far as you know the the whole TV world and radio world and and what was all about happening back then. Ray and his sister were adopted, and his family settled in the small town of Winkler, Manitoba. I, I grew up in a small town. I was born in, in Winnipeg in a community called St. Boniface's or the St. Boniface Hospital, but I, I was adopted. So uh, when I was born, I was put into foster care, and I don't really have a lot of recollection of those years. Um, and then about four and a half, uh, I, I, a family in, in, in Winkler, Winkler's about 75 kilometers uh, south of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And so my dad bought Winkler Pharmacy and uh, he became a far- was a pharmacist and bought bought Winkler Pharmacy. And that's where I remember my life sort of starting. And And I think I was about nine, nine years old when I went home one day and asked my dad if I could play hockey. But my parents uh, and coaches and people in, in Winkler that were part of the minor hockey system uh, you know, encouraged me, and that's how I got my start. As one of the few persons of color in a small town, Ray and his sister were aware they stood out. My sister was adopted as well, and we were adopted into a white, a white home, a white family. Um, so I grew up, I grew up white, man. I mean, I, I can't say I grew up black. Uh, what was it like to be in a black culture? I have really no idea. Um, and so. 
it was different, 100%, uh, but that was my normal for me. So uh, growing up in Winkler, there weren't a lot of colored people. There's one other family in, in Winkler that, that was, they were doctor, the doctor from, uh, from the West Indies uh, and their family, but uh, really that was me and my sister and that was it. Ray was a natural athlete, and whatever sport he tried, he found himself leaping ahead. I was a big kid, a big and strong, a lanky kid, uh, so I never really uh, was challenged physically. And, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess God just, you know, blessed me with the ability to be athletic. And so I really at, at all levels, all different sports, I I love sports in general, right? So as a kid, I, I played just about every sport there was. and. Uh, certainly going up through uh, through high school and that, uh, I was a, a huge sports fan, baseball in particular, loved baseball, but uh, I really took a liking to hockey and, and uh, I, you know, was fortunate enough to be pretty good at it and I was age advancing a lot uh, as a young guy. So when, by the time I was 11, I was playing with 14-year-olds. By the time I was 12, I was playing with 16-year-olds and so on. And 13 years old, I was playing with 18, 19-year-olds already in, in the senior league in Winkler. So uh, I, I was pretty good, you know, uh, pretty fortunate, feel pretty blessed to be able to have uh, progressed uh, that quickly. At that time, kids could move up based on skill and regardless of their age. It helped Ray develop very quickly. Uh, so I played on the team that I would have been, uh, you know, the age group that I should be playing with, but but all the other um, you know, coaches, I guess, would ask me if I want to play in an age advance. So uh, they, they allowed it back then. I mean, nowadays, it's really unheard of for that kind of thing to happen. But when I was a young guy playing, uh, you know, they let me play and, and let me move up. So so I did. I mean, and, and yeah, it pushed my career along, helped me develop, uh, got me into some, I wouldn't necessarily better coaching, but certainly by the time when I was 13 playing high school, I had a pretty good coach at that point and taught me a lot about the game of hockey. So uh, very fortunate to to be able to do that and and also still play with my peers, uh, you know, where I could, uh, I mean, I dominated at my age level, obviously. So uh, when I when I got to age advanced, the competition was a little stiffer, but I still had some success. But uh, when I went back and played amongst my peers, yeah, I, I was... Uh, quite a bit better than a lot of those kids. With his rise in hockey, he reached 15 and began to look at the game differently. For me, for me, it was at 15, I really started to focus in on hockey. I know my parents sent me to hockey school for the whole summer. And I came back off six weeks of going to hockey school. And I, and I was like, really just, I accelerated past a lot of the kids. Like, and but I never really thought about being a professional player. It was just sort of yeah, I'd like to be. Uh, I you know I I used to tell people well maybe I would be, but uh, it wasn't until I got to my nineteenth year of junior where I actually started to to believe that wow this this could be a reality. This could really happen for me. So um, you know I had a really strong year in my last year of junior, and and. Uh, you know, at that point, I knew uh, people started asking me questions. Well, you know, are you excited about the draft? Or where do you think you're going to get drafted? And and uh, it was during that year that I realized, okay, I'm probably going to realize my dream to play professional hockey. I wasn't so sure about the NHL at that point, but uh, but certainly I was going to be able to advance past junior and see where it would take me. At just 17, 
He left for hockey training camp far from home. Took the bus up to Flin Flon. It was 11 hours on a bus from Winnipeg and uh, went up way up north, northern Manitoba. And I started, uh, yeah, I went to training camp. I had no idea what it was going to be like. I just remember getting off the bus and the trainer was there and said, hey, are you Ray? And I said, yeah. And he said, come on with me. And we went down to the community hall where all the other players, they just bunked us all in this uh, in this big hall. And we were all in there, and uh, and that's where and th- and that's that's where my junior career started. And we could walk to the Whitney Forum where where we practiced, and back to the hall, and they fed us and everything there. Um, so th- so that was that was kind of interesting, and, and I it just it just I, I just kept playing, uh, and I didn't get cut, and more and more guys kept leaving, and I was still there, and. You know, Flint Flon was a unique town, a really special place to play junior hockey. Still have tremendous amount of friends there, and uh, married, met my wife there, and team got sold to Edmonton. So, I played my last year junior in Edmonton with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, while Bill Hunter uh, was the, the the general manager, president, he's got quite a historic hockey background, and uh, so that was a whole new experience playing in a big city and. And, uh, well, big for Canada, I guess, and uh, big for a kid from Winkler or Flint Flon. Then one day he got a phone call that would launch his NHL career. But getting to his game would be a whole adventure in itself. I got the phone call. Me and another guy, Steve Alley, his name was, he's an American. Oh, we're going to go play, uh, join the whale to play the Flyers were playing in Hartford and they needed us in because they had some injuries. So we jumped on the plane, but we missed our connection. So they flew us, they flew uh, Learjet down to pick us up and it was in uh, Baltimore. Grabbed, got on the plane there, and flew back to Hartford. The limousine picked us up at the airport, drove us right down to the Hartford Civic Center, right down the the ramp, hopped out and grabbed our gear. We missed the first period, but they put us on the game sheet. So we walked into the dressing room, uh, you know, Gordy Howe was there, and. And Dave key on a few of the boys, and they and they, you know, Gord says, "Come on, guys, get dressed. We need you." And sure enough, we, we threw our gear on, went out for the start of the second period. And the other thrilling part for me was it was the Philadelphia Flyers, and Bobby Clark was there, and and Reggie Leach and, you know, all the Flyers, Moose DuPont. I mean, they had a, they had a really good team. And, and there I was, uh, realized my dream of playing against the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's incredibly special, yeah. If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay eBay is all about connecting communities and feeling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. 
Ray's career was in full swing, but as a hockey star, the activities off the ice began to distract him. The following year, I made the whale and played for, I think, 60 or 65 games or something like that with them. And then started, you know, having a few issues off the ice. So I was just having too much fun, not focused on hockey very much. And uh, and so they sent me back down to the farm team. And, you know, like every player, it happens. You get the, the phone call from the coach and say, come up to the come up to the to my room and that's what I did and they told me I got traded I says well where'd you get traded I said where where'd you trade me and he says Winnipeg I went oh great it was uh the last place I actually wanted to go. <laughs> yeah it was absolutely the last place I wanted to go I, I just was so far off the radar but uh as it as it turned out it was the the absolute best thing that could have happened in my life my career at the time I was really struggling you know, Dean, with my off ice, I was, uh, you know, hockey was getting pushed to the wayside. And uh, and when I went to Winnipeg, it was a light bulb went off. And, uh, you know, my wife, she wasn't ready to come with me to Winnipeg. So that was the first. She says, well, now nah, you're, you know, till you're ready to stop drinking, I think I'll stay in Hartford. And uh, fortunately for me, there were two guys on the team in, in, in Winnipeg, you know, Lori Boschman and Doug Smale. Uh, both Christian hockey players, uh, and uh, I gravitated to those guys, man. I, I can't even begin to tell you. It was like a magnet for me, and it was more so not the face side. I could hang with two other teammates, and I, and I didn't have to worry about other guys saying, oh, how come you're not coming out? Guys like to have fun when, when it was the right time, and it wasn't a good mix for me or good fit. Anyway, so uh, I hung out with Bosch and hung out with Smale and kind of talked to them and started to work through some of my challenges as far as uh, off ice goes and, and started to get my priorities turned around and became a good man, good husband and and uh, put my life and my family life back together again. And, and so uh, Winnipeg, by design, was the best thing that could ever happen to me. And, and at the time, I didn't think it was going to turn out that way, but uh, I never regret being traded to Winnipeg. It was a blessing for sure. Ray has memories of great relationships with his teammates, coaches, and fans. But he does remember experiencing racism in the heat of the moment. I was just a hockey player that put on the jersey and put on the skates like everybody else and uh, and and just went out and played. And 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 because we, you know, the, the common denominator, all, all professional athletes have, certainly hockey players, is that they, you know, they have a dream to achieve and, and play a game they love. And, and, and I was no different. The color of my skin was completely irrelevant from my perspective. Uh, and, and so I didn't really dwell on, on those things. Yeah, there were the odd time that people would say things or fans would get a little bit, uh, you know, uh, well, what's the word? They just, they'd, they'd be a little bit chatty, I guess, and say some things they probably shouldn't have said. But and I never look at hockey as being a racist league. I, I just never have. It's, it's been a wonderful environment for me to grow as a person, a, a wonderful environment for me to be able to achieve and, and, and succeed. I mean, I, I just I just can't say enough good things about about the hockey and the teammates that I had and and the players that I played with and and certainly the fans that paid the the tickets and uh, I know I know lots of times today people want to talk more about the well did you ever did they ever say this or say that or and 
And I think, you know, you'd have to be silly to think that it didn't happen, you know, but, and maybe I just wasn't focused on it. That could have been that too, but, uh, you know, hockey's got to change in that way. I I guess uh, they're still trying to figure that out, how to, how to diversify the fan base, you know, uh, I know in Canada, it's an interesting thing to, to, to parallel is um, if you go to a Toronto Raptors game, like you'll see pretty much every every walk of life that you would see at a Toronto Raptors game. You go to a Toronto Maple Leaf game, well, it's a different different demographic, different group of people. However, away from the safety of the rink, it was a different story. I had one situation that happened to us one night. We were out after training camp and we got in a little bit of a, we went to a bar that we probably shouldn't have went to. And, and I was the only black guy in the bar and yeah, things got escalated and got a little out of control. And, but uh, we got in a little trouble because we had to go see the GM the next day because nothing went by coaches in those days. <laughs> they knew everything. And, and, and so uh, we went to practice and, I still remember my teammates who were all talking, saying, oh, hey, let's let's not talk about this. Let's just let the practice go, and I'm sure nobody knows, and we'll just slip through the cracks. Well, the coach played along the whole practice, never said a thing until the end of practice, and then he, and then he called us out and said, okay, you five guys who got in trouble last night downtown, you got to go see the general manager. Well, we all were panicked, man. We just had no idea what was going to happen, I thought. I thought, and this is it, I'm going to get sent. I was in the American League at the time. I'm going to get sent to where I don't know where, and uh, I'm never going to play hockey again, right? I was terrified. But uh, he just he just called us up there, and one of the veteran guys I was with said, here, I'll do the talk, and he did. And and uh, and it went over no problem. He just said, hey, listen, guys, you, you need to be a little smarter. But when it was all done, after we'd done, he'd done saying whatever he had to say, he pulled me aside. And, and I'll never forget, he said, Ray, he says, he says, you know, you're no longer in Winkler, Manitoba, Canada. He says, you're in the United States of America. It's a big country. And there things are done differently here. You have to be careful where you go. And I said, okay, I got it. And, uh, and so that was my first experience in my in my in my rookie year, you know. But good advice by my GM, and it, it taught me to be careful in certain areas, just to be careful what you do and where you go, and make sure you're with teammates. Although racism did not impact Ray much during his career, he's now realizing how much of an inclusive role model he can be. The Jets uh, at the end of this month they're having me uh, be be there you know, drop the puck at center ice. They're going to honor me uh, for Black History Month and be their ambassador for 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 the month in, in Winnipeg. And, and so very, very privileged, very uh, humbled to, that they would choose me to, to do that on behalf of their organization. So, uh, you know, I think things like that are happening more and more. I think, uh, you know, in different, different um People are calling me, asking me to share stories or my life. What was it like? How was? How did this go? How did that go? Uh, um, and and so yeah, I, I feel strongly about about uh, bringing awareness, uh, helping people understand the importance of uh, uh, you know diversity and equality, inclusion. You know, so I feel fortunate and blessed, and hopefully, I'm an example for other kids that they can do it. But but that's the message: is you can do it. You just have to work hard 
you have to commit yourself and 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 don't let somebody else control your destiny i mean you know do the best you can and if that's not good enough like gordy house says hey if you do the best you can and it's not good enough sometimes you just got to tip your hat and say okay you know and 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 i feel that's very strongly about that we're proud to be working with hockey equality Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.